It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Chiefs fans, football fans, and podcast fans alike, welcome aboard. I'm Jordan Foote, and this is the Ruffin' the Kicker podcast, the Kansas City Chiefs podcast, in association with Sports Illustrated's Arrowhead Report. As always, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for making us a part of it. And with that said, let's jump into the show. I've got the man himself, Connor Christofferson, here with me today to answer your Ruffin' the Mailbag questions. So without further ado, Connor, man, how's it going? It's going good, Jordan. Um... It's the I I say this like I've said it the past few weeks, but it's the dregs of the NFL offseason. Pretty much everybody's talking about things other than the NFL, unless the NFL gives us a reason to talk about it. So I've been doing good. I went on a vacation, uh, went up to Wisconsin to a lake house. Uh, that was nice. So uh, it's been it's been a nice summer so far. Yeah, absolutely, man. It is officially um, neighbors lighting fireworks in my neighborhood season, yep. which. We have this house down the street. I hope they don't listen to the podcast, but literally for the past eight days, they've been doing it like all day. They'll go out and light something up. So before I started recording, I was like, please, for the love of everything holy, just give me like an hour. Give me like 40 minutes even without doing it. Um, I'm not a big fan of that, especially if people have dogs and stuff like that. I don't personally, so it doesn't bother my animals, but um, that's something that people don't think about until they are in that spot, you know? Yeah, and that's been happening around me too. I think even like last week they were lighting stuff. I'm like, guys, it's it's still very June. So uh, can we just uh, hold off at least until this Saturday? If people are doing stuff on like July 3rd or even like the it's like fine, whatever. But doing it like June 22nd, it's like, come on, let's 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 settle down, wait a bit, and then we can light some fireworks. Yeah, and speaking of settling down and waiting a bit. Um, I kind of cheated on our first question today. It's coming from Christian Gumminger. He said, uh, what's a summer movie that you are most looking forward to? Um, dude, personally, man, Space Jam is mine. Like, I'm not a big movie guy. And then, really, I'm looking forward to the Halloween movie in the fall because I'm a huge fan of that series. Um, so, kind of a half-and-half half answer. But, Connor, what is a summer movie that you're really looking forward to this year? I'm going to be honest, like... A lot of them don't like uh, suit my interest. Um, apparently, Suicide Squad, the new one, is on at August, on August sixth. Um, that one looks pretty good because uh, who is the director? I forgot who it is. Oh, James Gunn's doing it. So I'm instead of I don't even remember who did the old one, but it wasn't him. So I'm interested to see what at least what James Gunn can try and do with it. And uh, I, I like the trailers for it, so I think I'm looking forward to that one the most. 
Yeah, and man, I used to be a movie guy as a kid. Like, I'd look forward to the movies. I'd beg my parents to take me to watch the new movies. But now, man, especially with the pandemic, like, I didn't go to a theater during that. Um, I didn't really do it a bunch before that. It, it just wasn't something I did. Um, it's overpriced, I think. You're, you never go. Like, even if it's a Sunday matinee and your ticket's like seven bucks or five bucks or whatever it used to be, you're never only spending that much. Especially if you bring someone, then you have to get the popcorn, then you have to get a drink. Um, some people get candy, or you, you sneak it all in yourself. You have to get the popcorn? Yeah, you well, have to get the you, popcorn? You should get the popcorn. That's part uh, of the experience. It's like going to the ballpark. You have to get a beer. You have to get a hot dog. You could get by without it, but personally, like, if I'm going to go, um, if I'm going with a girl, which this has happened before, I've had her, like, sneak stuff in, in her purse, like candy right. and stuff, um, yeah. but... Like, I don't carry a purse, I don't carry a bag or anything, so I kind of, unless it's in my pocket, like a, a candy bar, I don't care that much about it. I'll just kind of bite the bullet and either use a gift card or um, pay up a billion dollars at the counter. The trick, Jordan, is you bring a jacket, but you don't wear it in, you just wrap the stuff in the jacket, and you go, yeah, I get cold in movie theaters, so I just need to bring a jacket in, usually. Um, and that just lets you bring it in whatever time of the year it is. Um, so that's, a good idea. that's what I would do at least. Uh, popcorn to me, I like popcorn. I don't think it's a movie thing per se. I just think it's whenever I feel like it because the kernels getting stuck in your teeth are incredibly annoying. And so when you're watching a movie, I don't want to be fixated on them stabbing my gums mm-hmm. repeatedly. So I usually just bring like candies or something. Um, so like I've even brought like Kit Kat bites. Kit Kat bites are really good. So I've been to a couple movies. I think of it more as I don't go like every weekend. I, it's like a once every two month thing. And then at that point, you just go, I'll pay for the more expensive tickets that are the reclining chairs and then go out there to one of those AMCs. Out, usually they're in Johnson County. Yeah, 100%. And that's usually the one I go out to. Um, it, it's always a good time. And man, speaking of good time, I, I really like this next question because I think it's going to be a good time this year. Um, Wes Burns, shout out to Wes. He asks, should I spend up on Clyde in fantasy drafts? Now, I'm going to let you start with this one um, because A, I, me and fantasy have a love-hate relationship. Um, and B, I want to know what you think about Clyde this season. Clyde this season, I'm definitely in on. Um, especially, oh, there was a site for ADP and fantasy drafts. I don't know where exactly he's going. Let's go to fantasy pros. Um, but I'm in on Clyde. Uh, actually, last year I'm in a dynasty league and I uh, traded for Clyde. So uh, I'm definitely in on him this year. I think with offensive line changes, I think with more work in the offseason, getting used to the offense, he's going to be more involved in the passing game. He's going to have bigger uh, run lanes to run through. And I just think everything will click better this year than last year where it kind of just seemed like everything was going against him being a major contributor. He was a contributor, but I think people were definitely disappointed where they drafted him in fantasy and getting that. um, I don't know if there's a term for it, but there's a term for a post hype sleeper. That's what it is. He was hyped up last year. He was a first round pick and now he bumped people out last year. So they're like, I'm not going to draft him this year. Well, it might just be better this year. So I think he's definitely a post hype sleeper. Uh, as of now, he's 26 in ADP, which uh, puts him in in 12 team leads. That's the top of the third round. I would totally take him there. I would take him mid second round. Um, like Cam Akers is going above him. I would take Clyde over Cam Akers in a heartbeat. So, 
Uh, I would pay up for him. I wouldn't like go first round. I think there's enough good players where I wouldn't do that, but I would definitely pay up a bit for him where he is right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the production last year, 803 rushing yards, four touchdowns. Um, I think he had like 298 or something, 297 receiving. Something like it was like close that, to yeah. 300. Um, only one touchdown. He had like 50-something targets, 36 catches, I believe. I was looking at it earlier. That's the only reason I'm like somewhat <laughs> close, I think. Um, exact but, numbers coming yes out of yeah yeah i know i know um i used to have these stat flashcards when i was little and like i'd write down how many yards did jamal charles run for this year blah 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 and like i would make my like parents quiz me on it and like i i would like punish myself if i didn't oh, get everything man. right i'd be like jordan you're not started at a young tonight. age huh yeah yeah they're like jordan you have to eat your food i'm like i didn't get my flashcards right i'm not doing it so um that's neither here nor there i guess but <laughs> Trying to memorize all the, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire stats. Um, I think he should be a lot more involved in the passing game, hopefully. Um, better offensive line ahead of him maybe will allow him to stay on the field on short-yarded situations. Granted, Darrell Williams is kind of that guy for a reason, so that may not be the case. Um, but Clyde in yeah. two-minute drills, hopefully, getting some more reps, getting some more um, screen passes on drills where people are worried about Tyreek Hill down the field, Travis Kelsey intermediate, maybe dump the ball off to Clyde wouldn't be a bad idea. Man, especially considering like how good in short areas he is. He's hard to bring down. He's shifty. Um, he has good bursts. So I like Clyde as a fantasy guy this year. Um, I keep telling myself I'm retiring from fantasy and I'm never doing it again. And I said that last year and I ended up in like five leagues. So I don't know how many I'm going to play, yeah, but I, I'm going to end up in one. You just got to do one or two. Um, if you're yeah. feeling like burned out or stuff, you can at least put enough like time and effort into one or two. Usually when you get up to like, I was in four last year. I'm like, this is too much. I'm trying to keep it at three, but I'm already pretty much committed to three. So if anybody else asks me for one, I'm going to be like, uh, I don't know. But yeah, I think the thing with him with Clyde will be just how much he can get in the passing game. Mm -hmm. um, and with him, I'm not really concerned about short yardage, like in near the end zone. Because they ran a lot of, even last year, like dedicated plays to him in the passing game near the end zone. The Chiefs ran for players like Kareem Hunt. So as long as, and those kind of were just unlucky for him in that there was a, a poor throw by Mahomes, a free uh, guy coming at him on the defense where he just never had a chance. So uh, better execution near the end zone. And he might have had uh, four more touchdowns last year. So I think he'll get more touchdowns, more yards, and uh, he's, I think he's underrated where he is right now. Yeah, I think so too. And the next question comes from Chandler Wallander. Um, shout out to Chandler for a great question. He said, assuming a Badger extension, which I don't want to call it a formality, but like the Chiefs aren't going to let him go. I, I think they're going to get something done. So, they yeah. recognize they need to. But um, what does the ideal remainder of the offseason look like to you? I think... Literally, the only thing I wrote down, just stay healthy. Do you have anything to add to like a move you'd want them to see or, or anything? There there are still edge players where I'd be satisfied with them getting. Um, considering Chris Jones is moving to defensive end, it doesn't have to be somebody crazy. I just, I'm just i still worried about the depth at defensive end. And even defensive line. I did an article I did last week. I did the... Uh, position spending article for offense. I just wrote defense this week and uh, it'll be out sometime this week. But the Chiefs are basically a top five spender on the defensive line and yet I'm still worried about the depth there. 
Um, at defensive tackle, they're one of the bottom teams as far as rostering defensive tackles. So if there's an injury like to say Jaron Reed, uh, Chris Jones might have to move inside more than yep. the Chiefs would want him to right now. So I think they just need depth uh, somewhere on the defensive line. I think there's just more edge players now that are available that I like. So Olivier Vernon, if his health checks out, uh, Melvin Gordon, or you know all the names. Um, there's still a few out there. So I think one of those and then just stay healthy. And I just want to see, because it says... What would an ideal remainder of the offseason look like to you? I just want to see more hype about the rookies because that just means they're performing well. Um, we've already seen hype for a few of them, and just I want it to keep going because when you see the stories coming out, that means you know they're doing well, and I just want to keep seeing uh, players like Noah Gray and Trey Smith make the headlines. Yeah, 100%. And Olivier Vernon was a guy that there – who tweeted out something about – like it was a series of clips. Do you remember who it was? I think it was Nate Christensen. Yeah, 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 and said, like, if he's 90% of what he was last year and, like, is healthy, obviously, the Chiefs should take a look at him. Yeah, I he was good enough to where he doesn't have to be anything special, but if he can add something to the group. And the Chiefs are kind of in a weird spot because they have Mike Dana, who's probably a capable early down, like, edge-setting type guy. They have Taco Charlton, who, inconsistent with the injuries and stuff, but played pretty well in limited time last year. Um, he's that power rush juice off the edge type guy. They have Josh Kando, who's kind of probably going to fit that same mold, at least until he can develop the rest of his game. They have Chris Jones, who gives you more off the edge on early downs, but can't play there all three. Um, will eventually move back inside to that three-tech spot. They've got um, Tim Ward, who just is Tim Ward. Like he had that one game. There's you, you can't count on him for anything, but he would be a nice surprise to see if he could do something. Um, then they have Turk Wharton. I, I've seen people say they want Tershawn Porton more on the outside. I just don't see it happening. I think that he has uh, like a defined role and I'd like to see it, but um, yeah, given like that I said, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'll go. Um, you know, do the, do the back and forth. Uh, yes. <laughs> like I said, the chiefs only have, if you count Chris Jones as a defensive end, which we're, th- I'm thinking personally, he's going to p- play a bit more defensive end and defensive tackle. Um, the chiefs have five defensive tackles on the roster right now. Um, and that's pretty low for the league. Most, most teams have seven and nine. So if you just consider that in depth, you, you don't know how injuries will hit that. It's just even defensive end for the Chiefs is one of the lower is lower compared to the rest of the league too. So I'm just like add one more body. I just want to see that, and I'll feel good about the group. Olivier Vernon would really round them out. So um, maybe that's kind of what you were trying to go for. Yeah, absolutely. Not I kind of did a roundabout way of saying like yeah. they have a bunch of guys that could help, but they don't have a guy that can help on all three downs like routinely. And if you're going to go by committee, you might as well have a strong committee. Like, if it's going to take a village, it has to be a good village. Um, So that was a great question from Chandler, really good one. Um, Saying assuming a Badger extension kind of kept us from going into the contract details, which I want to do probably next week or when it actually happens. Um, Steve Gray wants to know, since it's NIL season, name, image, and likeness, um, which current Chiefs player, not counting Mahomes or Tyran, would have made the most money in college, and why is the answer Taco Charlton? Yeah, Taco probably would have raked it in from Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Um, on the Chiefs, they really didn't have a lot of star power in college, did they? Outside those mm-hmm. two. Um, 
because, you know, Tyron was the seven wearer for LSU. Mahomes was the quarterback, Texas Tech. Um, I think Clyde would have raked it in pretty well. I mean, That's he was on the national, the national championship team, so he probably would have done a car dealership or two, maybe a few sneakers or something. Um, and it's hard to say with the rest of the team because I don't think the rest of them were really big guys in college. Uh, Nick Bolton would have been a good regional guy um, at Mizzou because he was kind of the standout guy on defense for them, and he, that had name recognition. Um, but I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably the best one just because it's LSU. You know, the LSU guys that are actually good, they, they're going to get a lot, of, a lot of deals now. What's up, guys? Thanks again for listening to today's show and taking some time to welcome Roughing the Kicker into your speakers and headphones. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsored programs, and right after that, we'll be right back. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I put Clyde, and I literally wrote Clyde would be a solid choice. And I, I can't think of, like, Chris Jones wasn't, like, quote-unquote that guy. Like, Taco is a good answer because he has the name, he has the school. Um, he had 10 sacks his senior year at Michigan, like 13 and a half tackles for loss. He was a good player um, as he rounded out his college career. But assuming not Taco, Clyde just makes sense. Like, he was a good player. Um, he had the good team. He had the great team, the great program. They had success as a group. He had some good moments. Um, and and then you go into the whole, like, I don't remember Clyde's entire career and when he exactly became Clyde because some guys that are good for all four years maybe make more than guys who burst onto the scene late and then you get your NFL contract. And that's the thing. Like, how much does he make off of that, like, during the year and then that little bit before he goes to the NFL. Like, that's going to be interesting how that all pans out. But um, I think that we can both agree that I'm happy they're getting paid. Like, I'm, I'm really yeah. excited for that. Or have the opportunity to, at least. Yeah, I, at least they have the opportunity now. And then we can kind of – I think this will probably table the should the colleges just pay the athletes period talk for a while. Uh, but at least when they – 
charge for an autograph like 10 bucks the ncaa doesn't come in going like hey you're suspended for a year or stuff like that it's just ridiculous that they were even doing that to begin with um i think one more creed humphrey probably would have done solid and that's a good one um just because i could see him selling farm equipment (laughs) so or doing anything related to that so i he was a four years i think it was a four-year starter or Mm three-year he was a long-time starter so uh, he would have name recognition via that. So I outside the two that he's like, we can't say there's not a, there's not a ton. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that, that's definitely something to get into whether someone like brought up on Twitter, um, what college athlete, like in general would have benefited the most from it. And like, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. Like Reggie Bush, um, Tim Tebow, Cam Newton. I thought Johnny Manziel would have like raked it. It, he technically did anyway because he was doing autographs and stuff, but he was getting like pennies on the dollar for it. Um, Money Manziel was a legit thing when he was there. It was insane. Yeah. Um, he had the big program. He had the, I think I just heard a firework in the background. Shout out to the neighbors. Um, I, I said 40 minutes, man. We got about 17 or whatever. Um, Happy but nonetheless, Canada Day, Jordan. Yes, exactly. Um, but Johnny, man, he was something else. He was insane. Yeah. Um, just one heck of a player, one heck of a program. I think he would have been there. Um, Joe Burrow, he had the late breakout. Like that's one of the yeah. things you can't, you, you take the, the four year guy or some of those guys don't stay all four years. It's hard to kind of pinpoint. Honestly, a guy who should probably be pissed right now. Cause it happened right when he left college is Trevor Lawrence. Cause he had yeah. the hype going into yep. college. So he would have been a four year raking in money type of guy. And, uh, it just happened four years later. So um, I bet he's a bit pissed right now because he could have made a lot more money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even guys like Mahomes, he he was Mahomes, obviously, in college. But, A, he didn't have the premier program. Like, Texas Tech's still a, a big football program. Um, but, yeah, he was the star, but they weren't winning games. The The national media hadn't really caught on to him yet. Um, it would have been interesting to see Tyron Matthew – he was that guy. Like if he would have been staying with the program and being successful like that, he would have made a bunch of money. Um, I'm trying to think, man, like Byron Pringle would have got a little bit of a Pringles deal earlier. Like just guys with, with names, the chiefs don't have a ton of like college standouts per se. Like they, they just aren't built like that necessarily, which is impressive. Yeah. And the chiefs have one of the lowest rates of first round picks on their roster Mm -hmm. right now. And that just kind of points to like those guys are usually the blue bloods from the best programs. There's a few small school guys, but they're usually the big blood guys and uh, they just don't have a lot of them. And so when you get down into it, you just go, well, these guys, yeah, they're from small schools. They've hit on them in like the draft. They just weren't big college players because those go those big college players the marquee name guys. Those go in the top 15 and the Chiefs haven't picked there really other than trading up for Mahomes. So. Um, they didn't really have an opportunity to pick these guys, but I think a few of them on the team definitely would have made out locally under the new rules. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's a good problem to have not picking in that top 15, top yeah. 20 type range. Um, another good problem to have, I think is trying to pinpoint like worry spots on this roster. Like the Chiefs still return a pretty good team. Um, but Bryce, one of my guys from motor city hoops, he says, what position group or groups are you most worried about at this point? It's, I think for me, it's easily cornerback and it's weird because they've made it work, but 
the I don't know if you've heard the way they're describing the cornerback room right now, but um, I think Steve Spagnuolo at one point says some of these guys have to step up. Like yeah. he was pretty frank about how he was not happy per se about how they were playing during OTAs. And so that makes you go, they were talking, there was, they were waxing the sweet nothings for Legereus Sneed, but um, outside of him, it seemed like they weren't exactly thrilled with how they were playing. And then you look at it and you go, well, it's also one of the shallowest groups. It's also, they don't have a ton of guys. They're just period, and not a high amount of investment into the group. And you just go, it's a passing league. I know they made it work. And I know like Tyron Matthew, maybe Juan Thornhill can cover up some deficiencies, but um, they've gotten roasted before. And I don't know how they could handle, if they can handle every passing offense they see. So I think I'm most worried about the cornerbacks. I don't even think it's really that close. Like I, I know linebackers, we just don't know if Bolton and Gay can be who we want them to be, but I also don't think linebackers are that important, period. And outside of those two position groups, I'm not too worried about any position on the Chiefs. So I think it's easily cornerback for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I put cornerback because lack of plan. And then I put um, linebacker, same thing, wide out, same thing, edge, same thing. Like they have a plan, but they're. I guess the plan's shaky. Like, they're obviously going to do what they're going to do, but cornerback head and shoulders above the rest. And it's not like I'm hitting the panic button about the the cornerback group, but I'm like, I'm cautious about that group. Then linebacker, the talent itself is fine, but how it's going to fit together is going to be interesting. Edge is the same way, and then wide receiver is the same. Like, just a bunch of moving parts. Um, not that I don't think they're going to necessarily be strengths of this team, but they can get by as long as they're not weaknesses you know yeah and i'm i'm buying into the chris jones at defensive end thing so i think i'm fine at defensive end if he's playing there um especially because they've openly talked about hey we're gonna move him inside on obvious passing downs i'm like that's exactly how you should really use him if you're gonna play him there so i'm i'm pretty much in on that and that just means that at defensive end the chiefs (laughs) it's funny they actually i think they have the most expensive defensive end pairing in the league Um, yeah by a fair bit and you'll see that in my article i wrote for this week on the defense um so it's kind of funny that it turns out like that with frank clark and chris jones kind of teaming up on the edges now so because of that i'm not too worried about them and if that's fine then i'm okay with them rolling out with a platoon of weapons um to mitigate the wide receiver woes because they have no gray clyde edwards Alaire, and all those to kind of mitigate whatever talent deficiencies they'll have at wide receiver too and so that's just kind of leaves i don't know if there's a way to truly mitigate cornerback if there's a disaster there let's say charvarius ward regresses or injuries or whatever something of that sort i just i think that could be a pitfall of the team and we'll see if it is uh i'm not saying it is i'm just saying it definitely could be yeah absolutely 100 percent um Really, with that, touching back on the edge situation, I don't know what discipline Frank Clark is going to see. We still have details coming out about the situation that need to be hashed out. He has a court date in October. I totally forgot that happened. (laughs) Yeah, I, I personally don't think he's going to miss a lot of time, if any time. Like, I'm sure that it's possible the team could suspend him, the NFL could. Like, is it going to be a 
commissioner's exempt list type thing. I don't think mm. so personally, but also I have no clue what the NFL's recent process is with that. Like that doesn't happen a lot where a guy gets arrested twice on gun charges and stuff like that. But if I had to bet based off just like looking at the NFL in general, I would say Frank Clark doesn't miss a ton of time like whatsoever. No, um, didn't Bashad Breland miss uh, two games last year, I believe? Was that the oh, substance suspension was or was four. that the, the gun suspension? It was he didn't, the... Yeah, he didn't have the gun suspension, did he? It was okay, the yeah, arresting yeah. arrest suspension, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. He missed four. I would say, considering he he's, um, I will just say lightly dumb, for getting arrested twice... I think he'll probably meet around four. Um, I totally forgot he got suspended too. It's just been the summer of, I've been focusing on other things while we're in this. Uh, <laughs> the bright period. side of life. Yeah, the bright side of life, the one you you actually want to be a part of. Um, that I totally forgot that happened, but that's another reason to bring in another defensive end. By the way, just because he might be suspended um, to get somebody up and ready to replace him, maybe. But yeah, with the suspension, I think. You can worry a bit more about defensive end. We don't know what will happen with that, of course. But I think he will see suspension. Um, we'll just see what it is. And I think the Chiefs should be ready for that reality. Um, and maybe just sign somebody here in the next month or so. Yeah, I talked to Tucker. Yeah, it must have been Tucker. Um, maybe Josh as well about, like, with the defensive end situation, it's okay to worry a little bit about missing Frank Clark earlier in the season. But, like, I don't think he's going to miss time in November, December, January, unless it's, like, injury-related, possibly. He's not going to go to jail, I don't think. Um, So this is a team that they can weather the storm early in the season because they're going to make the playoffs barring some crazy thing happening. What they look like in December, January means a lot more than what they look like in early September. So if that's the case with Frank Clark and they do sign somebody, then great. If that's not the case with Frank Clark and he plays, then also great. Um, people were reading into the the height weight listing from arrest number one to arrest number two and I said, lo- oh, I he's getting that. his weight back. Like, he's getting healthy, which that's the point in the offseason we're in. Um, but with that said, the Chiefs can, can kind of work around that, especially with Jones being on the outside. Now, if it was Jones on the inside, Clark gone, and you're starting like Mike Dana and Tim Ward or something, that, then there's a different conversation to be had. But I think the Chiefs will be able to manufacture some some production. And it's not like Frank Clark was an all-pro like caliber player sure. last year. So um, just a bunch of moving pieces with that and a bunch of things we don't know yet um, that makes for an interesting kind of situation. Yeah, and uh, you just have to go, um, why did you put yourself in that situation? Uh, that's I think that would be my only question for him personally. But uh, I think that Chiefs will be fine. Um We'll see what happens with him legally. I, I'm assuming, like you, he's not going to see prison. It's, it's. I don't think it's, it's serious, but it's not that serious. But we'll just have to let it play out. Yeah, we've got three um, bonus questions for next week. We received a ton. This like, this off season's been rough in terms of news, in terms of stuff to talk about. Um, that's why partially why we cut the podcast down. It's kind of you don't want five days of the same thing. Or five days of like grasping for a story. Um, it's kind of a condensed, let's talk about some different stuff three times a week. Or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, got some good responses this time. So 
excited for next week's mailbag. Connor, before I let you go, do you have anything else to say? No, other than um, the article I mentioned earlier, it'll be out sometime Thursday or Friday, probably. Uh, we just need to get it edited. Just about, I'm not talking about every position group. I'm just trying to keep it short and sweet about some of the ones that stood out to me. And like I said earlier, there's actually two, technically two position groups where the Chiefs are number one in spending at on defense. Um, and you can see what those two are when you read my article later this week. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I'm very excited um, to read that article. And that, my friends, is going to do it for today's show. Um, Connor, thanks for joining me today. And as always, a huge thank you goes out to the MVLs, um, our most valuable listeners. You guys are the best. We really appreciate your time um, and letting us be a part of your day today. If you'd like to continue the discussion outside of the podcast, follow me on Twitter at Footnoted. That's F-O-O-T-E-N-O-T-E-D. And follow Connor on Twitter at Connor. C-O-N-N-E-R. I've seen a lot of people spell it with an O. It's an E. Um, underscore DKC. Join the Discord server um, and check out our written content on airheadreport.com. I have a new pinned tweet. It's the links in those. Um, if you liked what you heard today, leave a review. If you didn't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, on Monday, I'm going to be back with Mark Van Sickle. Mondays with Mark are back, baby. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast hosted and produced by Jordan Foote in association with ArrowheadReport.com and almost entirely LLC. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or by going to smarturl.it slash rtkshow. For more Kansas City Chiefs coverage, go to Sports Illustrated's home through the Kansas City Chiefs, ArrowheadReport.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.